Hey y'all, and welcome back to This Is Your Life podcast, a podcast all about becoming the best version of you, finding who you really are, improving yourself, feeding your soul, and exploring new ways to grow in each area of your life. So the other day I was talking to one of my friends, Cole, while he was streaming on Twitch. And for those of you who don't know, Twitch is a platform where people stream or live record while they play video games and you can watch them play in real time. There's a chat area and so you can like chat with or interact with whoever is streaming as well as anyone else who is watching. It's really cool. It's a really popular platform among people who um, are more into well, are like into video games. But the other day, Zach and I were watching Cole's stream and I just said hi to him in his chat. And he said that he was listening to my most recent episode. And because he said that on his stream, a couple of people asked in the chat what the name of my podcast was and they wanted to look it up. And I just felt really loved and supported in that moment. And it was really cool to see like, I don't know, it travel through like I don't know, through different people. It was just really cool. But um, I just want to take a moment and thank you all for listening and supporting me. It honestly means a lot. And I've been having so much fun working through each episode and having people in my life reach out to me and say that they enjoy listening. I mean, it means more than anyone will ever know. And I want to be able to give support back to you guys. So what I decided to do is share all of the extremely talented people in my life through this podcast and so that you guys can support one another and maybe find something new in whichever industry. So I made a Google doc sharing all these amazing talented people and there is something for everyone. So if you're into music, video games, fitness, artistry, it's all there. If there's anyone I missed or anyone who offers a service or has a small business or creates anything you want to share with the world, let me know and I can add you to that Google doc. But please, 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 Go check it out and support each other just like you have all been supporting me. Um, I'm going to have it linked in the show notes as well as I'll be sharing it on uh, my Facebook page as well. And thank you, Cole, for inspiring this idea. Let's get into this week's episode. So this episode is all about the idea of fake it till you make it, what it actually means, how it works, and how it doesn't work. It may just sound like a silly slang phrase, but the idea behind it can actually be really useful when it's used correctly. It may surprise you to hear, but there's actually a fair amount of research behind this idea and thought process. If you had told me that back in high school when I first like actually heard the phrase, I would have probably laughed in your face. I also believed at the time that someone in my high school made up that saying, so it shows you how much I really knew. But the phrase itself started sometime before 1973. The earliest reference of a similar quoted statement is in a Simon and Garfunkel song, Fakin' It, which was released back in 1968. But the idea itself has been talked about for years. The phrase's meaning is like the idea or method of pretending that you know what you're doing until you actually do know what you're doing. For example, pretending you are a very outgoing person when in fact you are introverted. Walking up to a group of people you don't know and pretending you're this outgoing person and you continually do this until you become more extroverted. It's pretending something until you truly feel it. Faking that you are successful until you're successful. We have read similar ideas all the way back to 1922 when William, William James wrote, Action seems to follow feeling. 
But really, action and feeling go together. And by regulating the action, which is under the more direct control of the will, we can indirectly regulate the feeling, which is not. Essentially saying, the actions we complete are based off of how we're feeling. Like not going to a party because we're feeling anxious. But we can't really control our feeling like we can control our actions. So if we control our actions, the feeling will follow. If we go to the party and we keep going to parties, we will begin to feel less and less anxious. This idea is also a central concept of the law of attraction movement, believing as if you have something until you do have it. Now, turning to your mother and saying, fake it till you make it, mom, can sound like a bunch of mumbo jumbo. So where does it actually apply? What is this research that has proven any of this idea? Well, social psychologist and New York Times bestselling author Amy Cuddy actually did a TED Talk on how our body language can change the way that we feel and our personal confidence. She did a study where one group of people were told to sit and st- sit or stand in a power pose, And this is essentially any pose that exudes confidence, one that makes you bigger and take up more space. And one group was told to sit or stand in a more inferior pose, one where you curl in on yourself and you make yourself smaller and more vulnerable. They stood like this for two minutes. After the two minutes, they went into another room and completed a job interview. And they were either quote unquote hired or not hired, depending on how well they did. And Cuddy found that by standing in a power pose for two minutes, people felt an increase in confidence as well as luck. She found that two minutes of a pose like standing with your legs shoulder width apart and your hands on your hips or standing in a star formation increased feelings of confidence, optimism, assertiveness, belief that they would win a game of chance and were more willing to take risks as well as were hired in the experiment while the other group was not after their poses. Just two minutes. The other group had a reverse effect. Now, a big point that she made during her TED Talk was that something like this could work for feeling more confident for an interview, but that doesn't mean stand in a power pose during your interview. Don't stand like a star in front of your potential employer, but it means finding two minutes before your interview to do so, even if it's in a bathroom, to boost your own confidence. Like I said earlier, this idea of faking it till you make it can be really helpful. But if used incorrectly, it doesn't work. Cuddy also found that power poses can affect your hormone levels by increasing testosterone, which affects your confidence, and decreasing cortisol, which decreases stress. But I do want to point out that um, when replicated, some studies did find this and others didn't. So I'm just going to throw that out there for your own observation. But Amy Cuddy used this TED Talk to explain that you can fake confidence. Yes, using a power pose will help increase the confidence you are feeling, but you can fake it. If you're needing more confidence for an interview or a speech or leading a class, faking confidence leads to real confidence. She said that personally, she refers saying fake it until you become it, but either statement holds true. If you guys want to look more into this specific idea of power poses and how that can help you, um, Cuddy has actually written an entire book on the phenomenon, and I'm going to link that in the show notes for you guys to check out. Okay, so this method can be applied to confidence in interviews, but that seems fairly specific. How else does it work other than standing funny in the bathroom? And when should I not use it? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. 
There's an article that's written in Time Magazine, and it's by Laura Hong, I think is how you pronounce her last name. I'm really sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. But it's called, Why Fake It Till You Make It is Terrible Advice. And if that title does not describe the content of this article, then I don't know what would. But I'm going to work my way through this article and explain how this concept was used incorrectly for her and why she didn't why it didn't work for her. I'm also going to link the article in the show notes so you guys can read it for yourself if you kind of want to get a better idea or I don't know if you want to pause this really fast and then go read the article, but the article begins with a personal story talking about how this woman was one of four females majoring in electrical engineering. She said that someone recommended to her that she try and quote unquote fake it as if she was similar to the masculine persona of her typical peers. That's how she worded it. She explained that this didn't work. And I'm going to tell you why. The key to using the fake it till you make it mentality is to use it to improve an idea or concept that you have of yourself. To improve your own confidence, social skills, presenting skills, positivity, whatever trait you're looking for. You have to use it to improve how you view yourself, not how others view you. Now I'm going to repeat that one more time for those of you in the back. This is so important. You have to use this to improve how you view yourself, not how others view you. In this particular article, her goal was to prove her worth to others, not to improve something within herself. Not to improve how powerful she feels, but how powerful others see her. Next, she tells us about her role in a new company and her attempt to network with her senior male colleagues, as well as her using the idea to become part of the elite group at work, acting differently and faking a different personality to work her way into that group. And again, her goal was to prove to her worth to others, to prove she was similar to these people she wanted to bond with, and that she was someone other than her true self that they would want to socialize with. She was focused on becoming who she believed they wanted her to be instead of improving her social skills so she feels comfortable talking to them as herself or feeling powerful when speaking to someone new in her field. Near the end of the article, she tells her readers about her successful experience bonding with a new coworker, that they were in the car together going to a conference and they had a positive organic conversation and that this worked much better for her than her previous tactic. And this makes sense. Here in this scenario, she's focused on herself, which is the entire purpose of using the fake it till you make it method. She ends her article with this quote, we can't try to cater to what we think others want because we have no idea how to do that or how or exactly what they want. Instead, we have to be opportunistic and savvy in seizing chances to demonstrate who we really are, being unapologetic and confident. And this statement is true, but the key is that many of us don't have that strong unapologetic or confident feeling, at least some of the time we don't, and that's why we're using this mentality. There was another article in Psychology Today that worded this concept very well. The way that the author explained when to use his mentality and when not to was a really helpful baseline. The author, Amy Morin, told us to think of these experiences or actions of faking it as practice. So for example, you're trying to become a better public speaker. The idea of standing up in front of a group of people and giving a speech or leading a discussion has always sparked your anxiety and caused your nerves to shake your whole body. 
you move and tick when you speak because of your anxiety and rushing negative thoughts, you pick at your fingernails, twirling your hair, or maybe you stutter more than your average conversation. So using the fake it till you make it mentality, you decide that the next time that you give a presentation, you are going to pretend and act like someone who is an amazing public speaker, someone you admire, or even a coworker who always seems at ease during their speeches. You're going to go out there and pretend you are a professional speaker and mimic the way that they move across the stage or the rhythm of their hand movements throughout. Use this mentality as practice. You are practicing becoming the version of yourself that you want to be. You are practicing being a better public speaker. And by doing that, you will become a better public speaker. And the more and more we do this, the more comfortable we become. Warren also pointed out in her article that this method only works when you're trying to fix an issue within yourself. She commented that people who attempted to increase their worth to other people ended up dwelling on their shortcomings and felt more like failures. You are working on becoming a better presenter for yourself, and that's the key. You cannot use this method to prove to others you are a good presenter, to prove your worth to them. This is a process to help yourself and only yourself. There have also been articles in Forbes magazine that explain this method should not also be used. You shouldn't use this mentality or method to fake competencies or abilities. For example, don't pretend that you can speak a foreign language that you can't or using a software you don't know. Again, we're talking about improving personality traits and things alike. To be honest, when I first heard this saying, I think I was in high school and I thought it was pretty stupid. People said it all the time, and not for any particular reason, they just said it because it was a popular phrase at the time. And I didn't really believe that it held much merit or weight, that it could be applicable to my life, but honestly, I was very, very wrong. There are two instances that distinctly stick out in my mind of how this method has helped me. The first being with my social anxiety. I grew up with fairly intense social anxiety, and once I got out of high school, I realized I needed to do something to help work through my disorder. I couldn't keep living the way I was, especially because I really wanted to move out of my hometown. And I wanted to flourish. I didn't want to just move and kind of enjoy it or feel fine about my new home. I wanted to love it. The summer before I moved to Colorado, I got my first job at a restaurant. I was a host for a couple months or so, and then I moved on to being a server. And this job changed my life. It changed everything for me. Working in a restaurant and working in the front of house, especially as a host or a server or a bartender, you don't have the option of being socially uncomfortable or anxious. You have to be extremely extroverted and outgoing and many times loud. And I was none of those things, unless I was very comfortable with you. But... I figured it out. I had to figure it out to do well in this job. I knew that working as a server or bartender, you could make pretty good money, and I needed to be able to support myself while I was going to school and living in an apartment far from home. I created almost a different version of myself when I was at work to do well at my job until I became that person. While being a server or bartender, your entire job is walking up to a group of people you don't know, talk to them, become their friends, and walk them through their meal. And this was my ultimate fear. I pretended that I was this type of person until I became this type of person. I didn't know when I began that job what it would do for me, but working in the service industry is one of the best things I've ever done for myself. 
following that mentality of faking it till I made it is what helped me when I moved and had to make new friends, find a new job, everything. Now, the second example I have of using this mentality is actually somewhat recent. At my current job, which is helping manage a newly owned, opened restaurant, this is the first time I truly had a leadership role. Now, I've been training new employees through various roles for a long time, but that's more so one-on-one. And this was the first time that my entire role was leadership-based. And to be frank, I was really nervous about it when I started. I knew I was capable and I knew I had the skill set for the job, but now I had to put all of my what-ifs to the test. First day of training, our brand new staff came in. I was sitting in a booth preparing beforehand, ready to stand beside my manager and assist in this training week. And the next thing I knew, the guys from Coca-Cola showed up and they needed my boss's attention for the entire day. (laughs) Suddenly, everything fell on me and I didn't have time to mentally prepare because it was happening right now. It was now my job to lead training week and I had to make sure that my first impressions were on point. My confidence needed to be radiating and my public speaking skills were being put to the test. I had that true fake it till you make it moment. Swallowed my nervousness and I just began talking, laughing, realizing that all those maybe moments I had in my brain, maybe I could lead lead a team of people, maybe I could run this on my own, weren't maybes anymore. I was doing it. I made it. Each new obstacle I was facing, I had no option. I had to fake it till I made it. The first day I managed the restaurant on my own, same thing. I created all these possible terrible scenarios in my brain, and I woke up that morning and I was dreading going to work. I didn't feel like I belonged in this role. I didn't feel like I was meant to manage all of these people and be responsible for all these people. But I got out of bed, I put on my favorite outfit, one that made me feel confident and beautiful, and I went to work. And I made it. And I kept doing that until I truly, f- I could tell that I I was meant to be in this role and that I was good at it. I was getting over my own fear of who I thought I was compared to who I knew I could be. I use this method to improve different qualities myself, social skills, confidence, public speaking, leadership, and pretended that they were strengths of mine until they actually became my strengths. It's similar to the idea of sink or swim. You have that moment of either I'm going to do this or I'm not. There is no 50%. Either I complete this at 100% or I don't complete this at all. Either I start doggy paddling my way across the pool or I sink. When using this method correctly, and for yourself, it's amazing what you can accomplish and the person you can help yourself become. Yeah, it's scary. You're tackling all these ideas that you've had about yourself for a long time. Yes, you have to make a leap of faith, but after each bout of practice, after each act of pretending you do, you will improve and the changes can be amazing. When we use this method in the correct way, with the best intentions for ourselves, those intentions turn into actions, which turn into successes. 
Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. I hope you all were able to learn something new and take away something from this episode. I'm going to have links for everything, including the Google Doc in the show notes. And please go like and follow my new Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash thisisyourlifepodcast. I post even more helpful resources there, as well as more encouraging content and updates throughout the week about upcoming episodes. If you have any requests for episodes topics, you can email me at thisisyourlifepodcast at gmail.com. And remember guys, this is your life.